This is the Cycling Circuit Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the development of cycling in the UK, particularly in the northeast of England. There's something in here for everyone, so if you want to hear about the UK cycling scene, keep listening. Welcome back to the Cycling Circuit Podcast. I am here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hi, Paul. And we're sitting outside in Middlesbrough, aren't we? Having done a really good velodrome session where we were really strong, both of us doing huge pursuit times. <laughs> yeah, we've just been on the velodrome there in Middlesbrough um, and with our guest for today, haven't we? Yeah, and our guest for today is Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Afternoon, boys. Doing fine, thank you. Excellent. So we've just been together. Um, we've done a little bit of... Well, you two have been doing the coaching of the Northeast youth team for... The, um, for the inter-regional championships inter-regional right? championships in Glasgow in a few weeks time yeah yeah and people have been putting in efforts and, and doing all sorts of things and it, and it's been really interesting seeing those riders develop the day and I've been helping by um, propping people up and holding the saddles and letting them do little push-offs and things like that so my role's been very minor but your two roles have been pretty major and Steve, there's a reason for your major roles in these things. So let's let's uh, introduce you to our audience. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, about your background, and start from the beginning, wherever you like. Long story. <laughs> I started riding uh, when I was a youngster, as we all do with bikes, not realizing anything about racing really. Although my mum and dad had ridden young adults with the ferry hill wheelers more as tourists mum was always telling us how she'd ridden down to Manchester to see relations and her and dad went down to Chester for the weekend from home from from Acliffe and Chilton where nice. they where they were and uh, I think in those days just riding your bike was part and parcel of life yeah. which sadly we seem to have lost a little bit you know the traditional weekends away with the saddlebag yeah. Anyway, as a, as a youngster, um, I had a, a five-speed Viking road bike, and I was in Malawi, and the gears got broken, and we couldn't find any replacements. So I shortened the chain, and uh, I was riding on the the middle sprocket on the, the block, as it was, was then. And my dad said, well, if you're going to ride a single wheel, you may as well ride a fixed wheel, being an ex-grass uh, track rider. So, as a 15-year-old, I was introduced to fixed wheel and I just rode around the town. Most of my contemporaries had little 50cc motorbikes, but I wasn't allowed one of those. And uh, I got pretty fit. I got pretty fit because um, I, I fancied an Allison lady called Allison, and uh, <laughs> she, she had a horse. And the stables were 16 miles, 17 miles out of town. So to go out to the stables to see Allison ride a horse, I had to ride my bike. And without realising it, I was getting some miles in my legs and getting bike fit. Anyway, one day I saw this poster and it said cycling at the stadium. So Malawi's National Stadium was a bit like the old Clearville Stadium we had in Middlesbrough. There was a football field in the middle, an athletics track, and it wasn't built as a velodrome. It was, it was actually being built as a go-kart, a bit like the Indy 500. But it made an actual velodrome. And uh, I saw this poster saying cycling at the velodrome, so I went along. And I couldn't believe there was a load of a load of uh, 
Malawians, a load of Asian guys, and a load of mixed race guys, all had bikes and some lovely bikes. At the time, a lot, a lot of the employment uh, for that part of the world were the boys going down to work in the mines in South Africa. And um, there was one guy called Rick Batty. He had this fantastic chrome Italian frame. Anyway, I, I, I said, can I join in? And well, entered on the line and I was the only white man there. If you've read Chris Froome's book, he refers to being the only Zungu, the only white man. Well, I was the only Zungu uh, at, the, at the meeting. So I took my front brake off, which they asked me to do, and um, I did pretty well. And the next, the next meeting incorporated the Malawi One Mile Championship, and it was uh, heats and a five-up final, and um, I won it. So at 15, I was the national champion, albeit um, way out there in uh, Central East Africa. And, uh, and, and basically, I never really rode a bike much again because of O-levels and coming back to the UK looking for work until I was 23. And uh, I joined the Furry Hill and started riding the local scene. And um, 1975 was my first proper season. Discovered Clearville, loved it. That year I was fortunate enough to win the division sprint. Um, thought I was a sprinter, but in later life I turned out to be more of a pursuiter and uh, I rode locally really I didn't sort of travel and that's my regret I, I think I should have travelled in all the track meetings like Leicester and Herne Hill Reading Portsmouth um, so just just riding locally and we, we had so much to go at our, our road racing scene back in the 70s and 80s was, was fantastic all the traditional clubs put a race on we had so much road racing right through the season on your doorstep. It was fantastic. And then the children came along and I packed in and um, I started again in 98, having read about Manchester Velodrome being built in 95 and age-related racing. Uh, so I fancy a bit of that and I set off with the ambition of winning a World Masters. And I'm pleased to say that I sit here today and I, I did that eight times, um, mainly pursuiting. I did win the scratch race once, I've had numerous silver medals and bronzes and about 50 national titles, British Masters national titles. Um, done the quick clean sweep a few times, all five disciplines at the British Masters. Um, Love the track. Recently diagnosed with a bit of a heart problem, so I've turned my attention to coaching. Um, one of the mothers said, you know, your misfortune is the fortune of the, the youngsters at, at the track. So that's how I'm, I'm now coaching and, and that's really a sort of the thumbprint of how I've got here. That's quite a story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Where do we go there? So how did you end up in Malawi in the first place? Uh, father, um, father took a job. Uh, in Aden when they were building the pipeline just after I was born. It was a short contract and um, he came back and I think he had wanderlust and, and realised he could earn a bit more money overseas and uh, Crown agents um, ran the colonies and they recruited. Dad was a mechanic. They, they needed all sorts of skilled labour whether you be a school teacher, a tax inspector, a carpenter, a, a mechanic or whatever. And, and the, the guys were recruited in the UK through Crown Agents to go out to the colonies and Dad did a three-year contract. And the end of the three years, he had an option. He could renew 
renew the contract, um, in which case he got six months leave incorporating coming back to the UK. Um, and he just kept renewing his contract. So every three years we were back to the UK for a few months and then we went back again. So I did all my schooling in Malawi. Um, so yeah, it was dad, it was dad taking the job. And initially mom didn't want to go. Dad went out on his own. Mom, mom famously wrote a, a letter saying, dear Harold, no, love Joan. <laughs> <laughs> but she gave in, capitulated and, um, we arrived uh, back end of October 1956, uh, me and mom and Alan, and mom was carrying Paul, my youngest brother. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how we ended up here really. And I've got to say, I was lucky growing up in the last days of the, of the empire. Um, mom loved it. Those 17 years that mom and dad were there, mom, was, mom lived 95 years and, and those 17 years just defined her life. Everything was, you know, what she did and the friends she made in Malawi. And then when you came back to the northeast, then from Malawi, was it the Clairville Stadium you got involved with the track cycling again? Eventually, yeah. yeah. So I remember I've was, been back a few years. You've said stories quite a lot. Uh, I've heard your stories before about Clairville and the racing there was quite big at one point, wasn't oh, it? And fantastic. Um, we had we had we had track league and 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 everybody rode everybody rode track league. Um, Teesside Clarion were the dominant the dominant team. They were basically the track based team, you know, and um, Lenny Armstrong and his son Colin uh, galvanised um, the, the track really and the local riders. And you you look at the the string of riders that came out of um, out of Clareville that went on to national honours. Latterly, um, Chris Newton, uh, Paul Curran. You know what Paul hasn't done in in the world of cycling. Um, but there's, there's names like Stu Morris, Gary Creswell, um, Brad Thorold who comes down to drive the Derny for us. He was mm -hmm. National Junior Kilometre Champion, he rode for GB. Huey Cameron won the Madison with Paul, with Paul Curran you know, numerous times, National Madison Champions. Um, the list goes on. The, the amount of boys that came through the track. And they all rode the road. You know, they all rode the road. They weren't trackies per se, um, but fantastic fantastic night's training you know and obviously we've we've lost Clareville quite a few years ago didn't we and we had a period of time where there was no track cycling in the northeast yeah I, I think that's hurt us really um, I, I was chair of British Cycling Northeast for a few years um, and I, I basically I had two challenges one was to find a replacement track for, for Clareville and the other was to try and get road racing back on the roads of Durham which the police you know, quite firmly stopped. And whilst we have had one event, I think uh, Andy Cosgrove got it when he was a British Cycling um, Regional Events Officer or whatever his title was, and um, he managed to get a, a road race on up near Caninvi yeah, in, yeah. in in Teesdale. There, um, basically, road racing in Durham's a no-no. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, which is a shame, you know. So the new track now at Middlesbrough Velodrome, um, you mentioned there about some of the riders who've come through from Clareville. We've now got a few riders who have started coming through from Middlesbrough as well, haven't they? Um, oh, yeah. Some local sort of stars started developing there and we've just had Matthew, young Matthew Brennan um, at the weekend getting his two junior world titles, one in the um, individual pursuit and one in the Madison. Fantastic achievement. And, uh, you know, Paul Curran, I spent this last uh, weekend with Paul um, 
officiating down at the track at York and uh, Paul was really made up because he's seen Matthew from being a real youngster and of course his mom Jean posted that lovely photograph of, of, of Matthew down at Manchester when he's a, a little boy um, you know with the uh, the title I think is the dreams do come true yeah. and it sums it up yeah you know fantastic and how important do you think it is Steve to get these youngsters on the, the velodrome and especially the might you know they might just be riding the road or they're doing the cyclocross but what can track cycling bring to their kind of their cycling bike handling speed leg speed getting through gaps you know if you're going to win a road race usually unless you're riding away from the field you're going to sprint you're going to sprint to win even even minor places you're going to sprint to win and there's no finer place than on the track to develop that that speed that finishing speed I, you know it's not only the youngsters it's 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 all the boys who are racing I, I think where we struggled at the track and 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 it is disappointing we've got youths and then we've got no juniors we've got nobody in their 20s the sort of guys in their prime mm -hmm. or their prime yeah um who are, who are who are racing and we're not seeing them on the track and it would benefit them so much yeah you know, just i mean in the old days um track league on a wednesday at clareville they had a training session on a monday and a friday yeah and you know tuesdays and thursdays <coughs> the the teesside chain gang and um, did the famous loop down the A19 to Tontine and back down Stokesley Road. And, but it was the track, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. I think I know myself, just the, I've barely been doing much road riding or anything training-wise this year, apart from the velodrome um, with yourself on the Wednesday night SQTs. But just from those sessions, you're still able to keep that little bit of a kick and you can still get around the races just from that training you've been doing on the velodrome. It's top end, isn't it? Yeah. It's top, it's top end. You know, our our SQTs, our structured quality training nights. Um, we, we we do try to deliver structure to the the training. We do strive to deliver quality to the training, so you're not aimlessly just riding round and round in circles. And and, and I think yeah, you know, all riders uh, would benefit from from that that time on the track. I know, like, um, from my point of view, I certainly have benefited from, from riding the track coming to it a lot later. Um, I suppose in, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a safer form of doing it as well. I know, like, if, if people are worried about roads and, and the kind of thing, like traffic, that's, a, that's something that you don't have to worry about on the velodrome. But also all those skills that you were talking about developing, all that, like, riding a bunch together. And you can see the difference, I think, between people who do ride the track and people who don't. Definitely. So I've seen people yeah. come a long way who've maybe started coming to the velodrome after me and they maybe seem a little bit nervous and then later on you see them. And especially the, the young people that we coach through Manila, you can see the ones who do turn up at the velodrome and it, it makes a massive difference to them, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, right, what... Are the what would you like to see then at Middlesbrough Velodrome? Because you've got that gap, haven't you? You've got like some people who are racing who are a bit older, some people who are racing who are younger, and nothing in between. How? What do you think we can do to try to make sure that more people in that age bracket come along, more people come, and make it? I don't know, maybe a more vibrant track league because track league I've really enjoyed it this year, but it hasn't always been on um, because of the weather and things like that. 
numbers as and well, isn't it? We haven't had the numbers. Numbers are lower, and then there's like a, a fast group and a slow group. Um, and as for me, like you know, I found myself in the fast group this year, whereas I think maybe I'm not that fast yet. <laughs> so it's kind of like you know, would we like to see more people in that fast group, like more of a fast group, so it's developing people even further? I suppose that would be something I would like to see. The two questions. The first question you said, what would I like to see? Mm. I would love to see a vibrant track league where we were, were able to have a, young, a youngsters group, a group, let's face it, as you get older, you can't handle the speed mm. of the youngsters. And then have a top group where the racing was full on. Um, so everybody was comfortable. Um, how do we achieve that? We've got, to, we've got to convince the riders who don't have a track bike to try the velodrome and have a go at racing. And you can get a you can get a reasonable track bike for very little money. You 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 could buy a track bike that you could race on for less than what guys are spending on a pair of wheels, decent wheels. Yeah. You know. How, how we start convincing that audience is a difficult one, it really is. But if, if we could, if we could do that and get a vibrant track, it, it would benefit everybody. It, I think the riders especially. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, I think one of the things I always hear is that people are nervous because, you know, the first thing it says, oh, there's no brakes and it's fixed gear. And I think it's it's that whole thing of like, they don't quite understand it maybe because it's it actually, when you go through it, it's it's actually safer than potentially riding on the road, isn't it? Because yeah, crashes are caused by people breaking. Yeah, all because the time. okay, exactly. And if you, you're on that fixed wheel, aren't you? And it's um, yeah, what, what you actually need to realise is that rider in front of you isn't going to stop because they can't. They're, they're going to keep going. So Absolutely. you can actually hold that wheel because they're going to keep pedalling regardless. And if they do stop, then yes, there's an issue. But obviously, that that isn't that's not going to happen yeah, as, it, as it, readily it, as it would actually are on the road. That's right. If take the pressure off the pedals, are going to slow down, but they're not going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the difference. I think the biggest thing is, is just getting people on to try it, isn't it? It, it, it is, um, and enjoying it. Yeah. You know, going, going back to Clearville, um, when I started riding again, um, we still had the division sprints, or the regional sprints as it became, and the regional 20Ks. And it was interesting that a lot of the road guys turned up to ride the regional 20Ks because there was a regional championship at stake. And they had been riding track league. And whilst these guys were exceptionally strong and younger, they didn't have track speed and track legs. And it's noticeable. Mm -hmm. So whilst they would absolutely eat you alive on the road, they couldn't, they'd be strong. They'd, they'd, they'd be in the front, the front part of the race if the race splits in the 20Ks. But when it came down to that last lap and you needed that speed to get to the line first, they just didn't have it. I'm not going to name names, but you know, I, I, I can just see how the race developed. Yeah. Um, the blokes going out the back, and 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 it, and it was the same big hitters came every every year to the to the track. And um, if they'd been riding track league, it would be a different kettle of fish because they would have the leg speed. And you think, well, if they're going to the road and they have that they have that sort of leg speed at the end of a road race, yeah. Just what else could they achieve? You know. You, know, you talked about development, you only have to look at 
no. If you if you look at the British riders and British cyclists, what they try and do with the pathway that they obviously instill that especially the youngsters coming through ride road and track, and you can see why because I mean you go back and look at the top British riders over the last few years, they've all rode road and track, and it's it's all come from that. They've started on the track and progressed into the road, and obviously that's helped them develop as well. I would imagine. Um, yeah, even like climbers like the Yates and so on. Well, Simon who yeah. who rode for quite high level on the track as well. Well, Simon, Simon won uh, points race at world level. Yeah. I think it was a points race. But they, I mean, I can remember riding with the Ace Boys at Manchester Track League. Yeah. Because you go down there and you get all these clones coming through of youngsters that whip, you know, whip the legs <laughs> off you. Um, you know, the, the, they, they all came through. Uh, you know, Jason Kenny, although he was a sprinter. Yeah. You know, they all rode the track league as, as youngsters. You know, as, you know, yeah. There's the armor set as. as as she was then, yeah. riding track lead. Joseph Joanna Rousel, you know, they all, they all came to track. I, I think we do have a little bit of a problem um, in that in the old days, we didn't have the structure that British Cycling gives the youngsters today, with all the academies and, and, and all the steps. You, you, you rode your bike and you hope you'd be good enough to get selected. Now you're getting selected at a much younger age. Everybody's told they've got to ride track and they ride track until they turn junior and at that point they know more or less whether they've made it or not. So if they haven't made it, they don't have to ride track yeah. because they're not, it's not, the BC aren't dictating anymore so they're packing riding and I think that's why we've got the gap between yeah, yeah. youth and, and older riders because if we look is there anybody comes to track league who's in the twenties? We've got youths, and then are you the youngest at thirty odd? We've got. I mean, so the the Derny sessions just started. I've attracted a few back, haven't there? A little bit. So we've got yeah. like the young Ben White came back the other week, didn't he? So yeah. Ben might be one of the only ones. Um, but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from with that. So, it's, uh... so you know, my my point is, the, these youngsters who get to junior junior stage in their career. Yeah. They think, okay, I've not made it, so I don't need to ride the track because I'm because BC haven't selected me and I, I don't need to be under their pressure. But it's to their detriment that they're not riding the track yeah. because it would in, it would enhance so many school benefits as we've discussed. So yeah, so like almost like at a young age, the riding is a means to an end. Like, oh, I'll, I'll get track, I'll go, I'll go onto this pathway. And then once they don't get on that pathway, they forget about all the benefits the track cycling would bring to them. That's what it and looks like to yeah. me. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I, I, may be, I may be way off, but... It, no, I agree. It, I think that is it. I think I've heard it. I've heard it from riders. They say, like, I don't need to ride track now, you know, um, and, or there's no point in riding track. And it, I think one comment I did here as well was that actually there isn't that much opportunity for them either, though. So I suppose if they are... It, it's that chicken and egg, isn't it? They need they need the races to race if they're going to keep doing track but then there isn't that many races because there's not that many people doing it so it's well on the other hand if, if you go back to, to when I was in my 20s and riding at Clearville I, I would look and see if there was a track meeting on as I say I didn't travel very far I used to go to the, the open meeting at Scunthorpe Scunthorpe was the same Cabell Park was the same, same as um, Clearville used to be a big big track yeah. 400 odd metres um, but, but generally, I was riding road races and crits and time trials in the northeast, mm -hmm. you know. But I was still doing my track league every Wednesday night. Yeah. You know, I, I, 
whilst I love the track, um, for whatever reason, I didn't travel. Yeah. Now, if you talk to, to Stu Morris and Gary Creswell and, and these these guys who were top top notch riders when I was I was at Clearville, you know, they were the, they were the guys I was having to chase down because they, they were just really great riders. Um, those boys would be travelling to the open meeting at Leicester and, and Hearn Hill and around the country. Um, I, I think looking back, I, I needed somebody to get hold of me. Yeah. Like, like Colin Armstrong had got hold of the young lads in the Clarion. You know, if, if you take your setup today with, with Manila, yeah. um, you know, you, you, you can sort of suggest to your guys, look, you need to go there, you need to go there. Um, I, I wish I had had that, yeah. if that makes sense. I, I was a, you know, because I was across the other side, I wasn't in Teesside, I was in, in, in Durham. We had a Ferry Hall chain gang, but the quality compared to the Teesside chain gang yeah. was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you went, you went sort of in that that circle where the boys were saying, "Are oh, we going to ride the train?" Yeah, yeah. You know? So the fact the fact they haven't got races to go to shouldn't stop them coming down to yeah, track yeah. league and, and, and you know and, and benefit from just spending that one night a week on the track. Yeah. No, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. It's something as well. Is like it's it's a couple of hours, isn't it? And it's something that you know, if it's in, a, in there as an appointment, you can go in. And there's so many races as well. So if, track league's really good because you can do terrible in one race. You can like maybe go attack and do one of those boomerang attacks where you go out the front and then straight out the back. Um, and then two minutes later, you're onto a different race. You know, like there are so many opportunities to do well on the night, and you can come away thinking, you know what, I've got a top three there. I was really pleased with that. Um, and you can forget about all the bad results and I think there is I think there's a lot of fear in people they don't want to not do well I think people have a fear of losing I, I speak to people who won't, won't race because they'll say oh well you know, I'd want to win and I'd want to do this and that and it's like well if everyone was like that there would be no racing ever yeah. you know you lose a lot more you lose a lot more than you win don't you and um but in track league, you do get more opportunities to come away with something and think, actually, I did okay there. That, that And that's something else that I like about yeah. it. But even just the training on the track, I mean, I've loved the last couple of years just getting more into the track and the velodrome just because you can go and it's it's two hours and you you come away absolutely knackered and you know you've worked extremely hard. And it, I just think you get more of a buzz from the velodrome as well. It's it's I've just really enjoyed the last few years. And I just think a lot of other guys... Who maybe like you say you're out there doing the Sunday club runs and they might be racing a couple of times maybe throughout the year. But I agree with you, Steve. I think getting them on the velodrome at least once a week as well. I think they appreciate it so much and get so much from it. And I know I've it's, it's probably the best thing I do at the minute. I, I, I love it the most out of anything really. And the race sharpness as well. So yeah, if you yeah. do have other races as well, like actually competing against other people, you can sit on Swift all day, couldn't you? Yeah. But whether or not you can get that race sharpness and that extra push that you just think. Can I just squeeze over the line past him? Can I roll Adam? And that's it. <laughs> Adam always gets rolled, whether it's a, whether it's a full lap he loses by or, or like one centimetre he gets rolled. Um, but, you know, that kind of thing does push you a little bit further. You do go beyond what you think your limits are because you're racing against other people. It's the nature of it. And, yeah. and I think people talk about, like, racing yourself fit down there and racing yourself sharp and you know you're not you're never quite as sharp when you haven't been racing so if you've got a big target say i want to do well in this road race or whatever and you haven't raced for six weeks beforehand well if you've raced every week at track league you keep that sharpness yeah. up yeah I, I think you know 
one thing the guys in this area don't realise is just how lucky they are to have the velodrome mm. yeah. and the structure we're putting in place. You, know, you talk to guys from outside the region and they say, it only costs you a fiver to ride the... An SQT on a Wednesday The training yeah. nights or, or, yeah. And, and you've got Paul Curran, who's just done the Derny at the World Championships, <laughs> yeah. driving the Derny for you. Yeah. And you get it for a fiver. Yeah. And these are guys outside the area, yeah. you know, saying, God, you, you guys are lucky in, in, yeah. in, in Middlesbrough, in, in the northeast. But do our guys living here know that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they do. No, no, I agree. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It is a bit, yeah. You see, you see Paul on the velodrome at your sale last week, and then he's coming down doing it. And last week's Derny session was awesome as well, wasn't it? We had Brad on one Derny, Paul on the other, and I mean, I don't think I've ever felt so physically sick after a training session as I did after that. But <laughs> you made in, in a good, wonderful. in a good way, in a good way, because I was absolutely, yeah, it was well, such a hard session, but in in a good way, because you know how much you've got from it. And like you say, for for that, it's yeah, it's we're mindful that our training sessions on a Wednesday night have a mixed audience yeah. we've got we've got very fit guys and we've got um, not so fit guys and some youngsters so the strength isn't there so we have to try and balance things and one of the criticisms was or is it's perhaps not hard enough so I'm trying to rectify the exercises so perhaps we can make them a bit harder but on the back of that it was suggested that we try to get the journey sessions going which is why we're doing them so you're going to get a hard workout. Yeah. There's no hiding place. So the guys who perhaps stayed away from track, league, or the structured quality training sessions, because perhaps they thought it wasn't going to be hard enough for them, the journey's there for you now. It's, yeah. You know, come along and hurt your legs. Yeah. And it was good to see last Monday's a bit of a different audience as well, isn't it? Now, so we are getting yeah. some of the riders coming back to those sessions, and they are, yeah, they are very good sessions. I mean, I can see that quite frankly. We're coming into the autumn, the weather's going to be yeah. against us. But quite frankly, I can see where we're going to have to have entry in advance and, and, and a waiting list for Derny. Yeah. Because, you know, it is, it is good. Yeah. And, and if, I'm hoping word will get round. Yeah. And if people enjoy Derny, it might just help Bring Track League. Because the big danger is, if we don't get numbers for Track League, we're not going to have a Track League, are we? Yeah. You know, you can run a training session every Wednesday and there is an audience who enjoys that. But really, we need a vibrant track league. track league, don't we? We need racing. Yeah. yeah. So me and my bringers on to what we're doing next, Paul, because obviously Steve's explained all his experience of track riding and his masters and his medals and his jerseys. <laughs> so myself and Paul, what are we doing now, Paul? We're we've threw ourselves into the deep end, haven't we? Yeah, we've committed, haven't we? We said uh, we've said we're going to do the World Masters um, in Manchester this year and give it a go and, and see how we get on and doing all those events there we're trying to mine steve for information about how i think we're, we're going for a let's not humiliate ourselves approach yeah, to this one very uh, much rather experience than at the pointy end like uh, like steve would be but yeah i think it was a i mean i didn't even realize i could do the masters at my age but then when i seen there was a 35 to 40 category i was like oh well we'll, we'll give it a go um must I admit at first i probably thought can i just jump yeah. in there when they first introduced Masters, it was 30. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah, okay. And you got guys riding the World Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At 30. So how can they be... Mar anyway. So UCI made it 35. British Cycling have left it at 30. So you could have ridden as a 30-year-old the last five years. Yeah, I didn't know that. British Masters. Right, okay. 
Okay. Oh, sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, Save so... key information. <laughs> but that is it, isn't it? So, yeah, me and Paul are very much brand new. I mean, I think I've only really been riding the velodrome for... Actually, start even got on there for the first time, maybe three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, last year. Um, me, so. And I've only really kind of sort of really got a bit more serious with it this last year or so, I would say, um, as I got more and more into it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be quite an experience, I think. Um, looking forward to it. Not sh- Well, I am looking forward to it, but I'm also pretty nervous I think so what, what are the events then Steve so you've, you've done a number of these yeah, and you've the, said you've, you've done all of them have you yeah, the, 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 fi- the, the five events um, sprint and, and it, the sprint is done properly it's done with the flying through qualifying yeah um, but first round reps second round reps depending on how many riders you've got but they unlike the elites now where they only take the fastest so many flying twos everybody gets a sprint and a rep yeah. Um, and then when you get to the quarters, it's best of three. So it's proper sprinting. So when I rode my first World Masters back in 98, it was three semi-finals of two riders and a three-up final. And a three-up final is a different beast to a, yeah, yeah, a two-up yeah. final. <laughs> yeah. So you've got the sprint, time trial. Yeah. Um, you Will. young bucks in the 30s, you've got to do one, cares, one kilometre. Mm-hmm. Kilo. The 40 year olds do 750, yeah. and then once you get to 50 and up over, you do two laps 500. Um, you've then got the pursuit. Uh, the young bucks are doing 3Ks, yeah. and when you get to 50, you're down to 2Ks. Um, 40 year olds, 3Ks. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and the points race. Mm-hmm. Um, and the distance depends on your, your age group. Yeah. So sadly, when you get to, um, to get to 60, you only, you're down to 40 laps. You only get four sprints. <laughs> but um, as a 40-year-old, you'll be getting the full uh, 80 Ks, uh, 80 laps, yeah. 20 Ks. Um, and then we didn't used to have a scratch race. But the, when we went to Aussie in 2007 for the World Masters in, in, in Sydney, they introduced the scratch race. So we've had the scratch race since 2007. So you've got five five medals individual, um, and then you've now got team sprint and team pursuit, which is great. Yeah. Um, I think they're flirting with Kieran, but that's not yet. Yeah. You know, part of the uh, the program. Yeah. But the team the team pursuit at World Masters is fabulous. Um, whereas you're racing individually in five year age bands, the team events are ten year age bands. So in in your case, um, 35 to 44. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then 10 years after that. So just on that, if, uh, if there is any other 35 to 45 year olds uh, <laughs> out there, we, uh, we would put a team pursuit team in and possibly a team sprint team, just because it is just myself and you. Yeah, at the minute, we'd isn't have it? to be the same nationality as well. And yeah, we've yeah. followed that already. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's British for, for those who, I mean, I can ride for two nations, but uh, you know, I think I'm going to be British for this one, <laughs> so I can be with Adam. So, <laughs> so kind of, progressing on and bringing this to, to to a close a little bit then myself and Paul have got I think four and a half weeks left five weeks left yeah so what <laughs> what should we be focusing on Steve would you say that I mean obviously we we're not expecting a lot we're coming into it quite brand new what if we were to focus on two or three things what should we be focusing on these next few weeks okay number one neither of you come out of a gate yeah you know, nope. start gate right you're going to come out the gate in the pursuit you're going to come out the gate in the time trial yeah 
Well, you, what you don't want to do is come out the gate and fall off. <laughs> or, or come out the gate too early and your back wheels all... Yeah. Yeah. So, if possible, um, get yourself down to a gate station at Manchester or, or, or Derby. Yeah. E even one g gate clinic. Yeah. Um, I know AD Dent does, uh, does clinics at, um, at Derby. Right. So AD may be able to help. Mm -hmm. um, and Manchester do them. Right. Um, and uh, so that's the first thing, really. You, if you've never been out of the gate, you go, need yeah. to know, uh, you know, the process to yeah, go through. Um, number two, well, you're not going to get much fitter now in a month's time, but just keep on the track. Yeah. Um, interesting little story. Um, when I first started riding again, um, the bloke who was riding at the time was an athlete called Ian Hallam. Now Ian Hallam uh, won the individual pursuit at the Commonwealth Games in Edinburgh in 1970, beat Danny Clark in the final, and was part of the British four that got the bronze medal at the Montreal Olympics in the team pursuit. Class athlete, turned pro. Ian made a comeback as a master, and like at the British Championships, you know, it was like Ian five gold, Stevie, Stevie five silvers, that sort of thing. Um, class athlete. Ian rode for a few years into the, the new millennium and then he packed in and he came across to me and he said, Steve, I'm going to tell you two things um, now, that I'm, now that I'm packing in. So thanks Ian. He said, first off, he said, don't spend so long on your rollers. You wear yourself out. He said, you spend too long warming up. Yeah. And that's important. <clears throat> you see a lot of guys, as soon as they're on the rollers all the time, they leave their legs on the rollers. You race out on the track, you know, you warm up properly. But once you've warmed up, you, you keep your core temperature during the day sort of thing. Anyway, and the second thing, and this is what I'm coming to, he said to me, six weeks before the championships, think track. Think track, track, track. And that's why I admire young Matthew Brennan doing what he's done in Cali, winning his two goals in his silver last week. He went to, to South America on the back of riding the World Road Race Championships. Yeah, very little time on the track, you know? Just think what he would have done if he'd, he'd been track focused. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't have done any better. Yeah. Mm. But it, 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 you know, it's such an, yeah. such an advantage on track. Um, so yeah, and the third thing. Um, that was three. Was it three? You give us your three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's more though. <laughs> if there's I'll more, if you else. Well, the, the 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 other thing um, when you go down there, as I as I found out at my first worlds, I'd not been to national championships a kid much I wrote two two nationals 75 and 76 but it's the whole process of registering getting your number signing on to the event then having to sign on when I say the event the, the actual championships then signing on for every Each event discipline. if yeah. you don't sign you, you might have entered the championship got your number and your first race might be the pursuit but if you don't sign on for it yes. you don't ride because you've not signed on and then you know you look at how many heats you've got and now you guys going down there without a time, without previous experience, you'd probably be pretty early in the start, you know, the um, in the draw. But if you if you sort of this year end up with a medal ride, next year you're going to be seeded to go go last or in the penultimate heat. Then you've got to work out how many heats are before me. How long is it going to take? When do I need to get ready for? You know, because there may be an hour's worth of heats before you're on the track. And you don't want to start warming up an hour before you're racing. 
you know, and it's little things like that that you'll you'll learn at your first championships. Um, when you go down next year, it'll be a little more bit more easy, a little bit more yeah. comfortable for you. Yeah. No, thanks, Steve. That's great. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So uh, we'll definitely be asking you to come back on and, and chat to us about other things. And let's see if we can get a few more people involved in the in the track league round here because we need people to roll, don't we, Adam? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, or, or people to roll you. Um, but it'll be it'll be great to see. Uh, just it's already a really great event, but let's let's see it like bigger and better next year. And I think all, all people need to do is just ask as well, isn't it? Get in touch and say how can I get involved or what can I do. I was just going to say, Adam. Both you and I can take clubs onto the track. Absolutely, yeah. So if you're sitting there thinking, you know, I've got a few club mates and we'd love to have a go, we can organise it for you. Absolutely. We, we, we can get you on the track. There's higher bikes down there. Yeah. Um, so if you fancy having a go, contact us. Yeah. You know, contact Adam and Manila and between us we'll, we'll find time to get you on the track. That's a great way to end, isn't it? Perfect. Okay, well, thanks again, and yeah, thanks, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you very soon. My pleasure, boys. Thanks very much.